Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Liam Maitland, KCBS foodie chap, plumed horse, Saratoga, California. With me, Chef Peter Amelino. Good to see you, Chef. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks, this, thanks for coming down. Now, I always begin by saying, what are we drinking? So, what are we drinking? Uh, this is our plumed Blanc 2014 vintage. It's from uh, Royal Seco. It's a white table wine. Beautiful. Hey, be naughty not to. As we say in Ireland, slancha. I won't drink alone. Cheers. Here we go. Mm. Wow. Gift from the gods right there. Um, Thank you. Your, your own wine, your own line. Uh, tell me uh, the story behind it. Uh, this is uh, basically it's a little passion project. We started this with a, uh, a friend of ours who's the winemaker for Testarossa Vineyards. His name is Bill Brousseau. Um, it's, um, it basically, Bill walked into my kitchen one day with a piece of limestone and handed it to me and said, you know, we have this amazing Sauvignon Blanc that's grown in this vineyard down in Arroyo Seco. And, uh, he's like, I know you love Sancerre and this is something that, you know, would really pair well with your food. And, and, and so that basically started it for us. We had already been making wine with Testarossa, so yeah. we already had the relationship established. And this has been kind of like a really just a, you know, favorite of, of, of customers myself. You know, it's just a really nice, friendly food pairing wine. Sure. And it lingers a little. Still with me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Your journey, chef, Long Island. Growing up, your first job in the kitchen, the tender age of 14 years old. What kitchen, where, and what were you up to? Um, I was a uh, dishwasher in my, uh, in my starting career. Hey, we have to cheers to that, because that, that was where my career in the kitchen began and ended. Mm. The, uh, what do they, they call it in French? The plongeur? The, the plongeur. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, we had that in common, the yeah. plongeur. But uh, so I started in a French restaurant called the Brittany. Um, it was um, about a mile from my parents' house, and yeah. I would leave uh, high school, go directly there, do all the dishes, and he would teach me how to uh, tourne vegetables or clean green beans or uh, scrub pots. You know, he it was one chef in the kitchen, and he made every dessert. All he made all the stocks, all the soups. He made family meal every night. Sat down with the staff. I mean, it was a old Real school, deal. Yeah, yeah, old school French restaurant bistro it was, it was an amazing opportunity uh what about at home who was cooking in the family and what was coming out of the kitchen uh well my my mom did a lot of cooking um you know we had a, a big family big irish catholic <laughs> family Slancha. yeah exactly oh jesus yeah so we uh you know um but i like to help my mom out when i when i was old enough she let me you know get dinner started and and that's what basically you know got it going for me i would cook breakfast or um, when my mom was pregnant my dad used to help out so i'd see a man cooking in the kitchen i felt comfortable in the kitchen um there was never any um Plus, I was a hungry kid, so, you sure. know. You Where's learn. the food at? Yeah, you got to learn to cook for yourself. Yeah. Do you remember your first triumph, Peter, your first triumph in the kitchen? You thought, wow, actually, I, I, I might have, I might be onto something here. 
You know, I, I don't know if there was a specific instance. More or less, there was just a, a understanding of ingredients and what went together well. And um, you know, I was uh, I, I I felt like I was a chef in another life. You know, like yeah. a you know like reincarnated again. Um, I I've always loved to cook. I've loved to be in in the kitchen around food, and and I've always felt like I knew what flavors went together sure. inherently. Well, listen, you know, as a good Irishman. Uh, nothing beat my mother's shepherd's pie cooked with lamb of course you know the british stole that recipe and just added beef and it became cottage pie um but there must have been one dish that your mom cooked and to this day reminds you of home um you know when my when i do go home to visit my mom she always makes uh even though she's uh irish and norwegian um she's quite a great cook of cooking italian food so yeah. my mom always makes sunday gravy sausage meatballs brajol raviolis uh, yeah that's that's our that's our go-to family favorite for sure where's my invitation yeah there you go sunday at mom's uh your journey onward 17 years old you're cooking at the beach at a restaurant called La Plage. Yeah. Uh, in its early stages, when I was still in high school, it was uh, owned by a family, the Petersons, and it was called uh, the Beach Boy. Um, and uh, now it's morphed into this really fancy... Oh, now it's La Plage. Yeah, That's sorry. It's, it's a, des- yeah. <laughs> a little destination restaurant in Wading River, La Plage. Uh, but it's, it's actually a great, great spot. But uh, I started as a dishwasher one year, um, became a cook's helper. Second year, I was literally the cook's assistant. And then my senior year of high school, I was the, uh, the you know, all, you know, I wouldn't say chef at that point, but I, I ran the kitchen sure. for them. At 17 years old. 17 years old, yeah. Late, late bloomer, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. New York, bright lights, big city. Uh, your first job in New York? Um, you know, I, I, uh, I basically, from the time that I, I, I graduated high school, um, I, sp- I spent uh, the majority of my time in the Hamptons. Uh, I even went down to Florida one year and... Um, but I was invited to work in Manhattan um, by a, sh- a chef friend. And uh, my first job in, in New York was La Bernadette. Um, Let, let's start at the bottom, shall we? <laughs> yeah, so I, I basically walked into La Bernadette. I think I was all of 19 years old sure. and uh, no culinary school to speak of as, uh, as background. But um, it was a very intimidating kitchen. Uh, Jobert Lacoste made me wear a hairnet my first day of work. Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, any any photos of that chef? No, no. It was, uh, we had the exact same hairdo too, which was the odd part. But uh, I was downstairs wearing a hairnet, and uh, it was a rough couple of months. And sure. you know, after that, I, I went only. I only worked for American chefs. Uh, I worked for David Burke, Tom Colicchio, Alfred Portal. Those were my. Um, my my heroes in New York City, uh, working for the the American chefs in the '90s, and yeah. And what an exciting time! An exciting time for food, uh, and New York. I mean, really, San Francisco was on the rise with cool things happening out here, uh, and the Bay Area. But it was definitely where it was at in the '90s in New York. Yeah, twenties in in New York. Um, my twenties in New York. My thirties in uh, San Francisco. So I moved in uh, San Francisco in January of 1999. <sighs> Uh, and first gig here, uh, Jardinier, Tracy Desjardins. Yeah, just celebrating their 20-year anniversary. I, I got to work well, with... Uh, let's drink to that. Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. Cheers. Jardinier. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. That, that wine just gets better. So, Jardinier, 
Tracy Desjardins, the takeaway was what? Well, don't ever go for just a month vacation and plan to move back because here I am 18 <laughs> years later and I'm still living in the Bay Area, happily, I might add. But yeah. And isn't that often how it happens? I mean, how many people have told the story where they come to San Francisco for a week or two, I was among them, uh, and uh, told my boss that I, I would be returning, but I'd call him when. That was 22 years ago. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got, it gets a hold of you, doesn't sure. it? It just really grabs you. The allure of the Bay Area. And San Francisco in particular, as a chef, a young chef, uh, had to be great. Tell me about those early days at Jardinier uh, and just the vibe, uh, the community of chefs and what it was like uh, then in, in the 90s. We're talking mid-90s, right? Yeah, well, Jardinier was 99, but... Uh yeah. Wait a minute, 99? Good Lord. Yeah. I had, uh, I had a good fortune to work with uh, a lot of really great guys, uh, Douglas Keane, Robbie Lewis, Brian Barry, um, people that, uh, you know, and then all the line cooks that have gone. I mean, I'm, they're all fresh in my mind because we just went through the 20-year anniversary, but uh, all, my, uh, all my friends, my peers were, uh, were of like-minded. There's, there was a different time, you know, whereas San Francisco right now, there's, you know, there's a lot of people that don't necessarily want to go into the cooking profession or not as many cooks as there was in the 90s but uh and you know uh chef if you could draw a family tree and connect it to the kitchen of jardinier with tracy desjardins and just look at where all those chefs have gone it's a pretty pretty impressive lineup yeah it's a broad uh, spectrum of people working in the industry today for sure and tracy uh, at the helm, and Tracy, uh, as a mentor, I know she's been incredibly important to you. Uh, it was also important for her to have you at her side when she was competing in Iron Chef, and you guys won, killed it. Yeah, we actually, I was just in New York uh, and ate at a couple of uh, Mario Batali's restaurants, and <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, he's did, did, do you remind him of uh, of of that fateful day? No, I unfortunately <laughs> didn't get to see the orange clogged guy, but. Uh, yeah, it was, it was all very fresh in my mind. Yeah, it was a great victory, and it was a lot of fun for us to do that, for sure. You know, it, when you watch it on television, it seems intense. I can only imagine uh, what it must be like under the bright lights, the television lights, that pressure in front of an audience. Uh, I mean, a lot of heat, right? You know, um, cooks are used to performing under under pressure, so... Uh, but once that hour clock starts, it doesn't stop. It doesn't take breaks, and it just keeps going. And, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, it was the fastest hour of my life for sure. Uh, Plume Toss, you made a few stops before you got here in San Francisco, and those stops were where? Um, well, I left Jardinera in, I think, uh, 2001 and uh, went to the Village Pub, which had just opened up. Um, I was with Mark Sullivan. Uh, great guy. I left to go work at uh, Campton Place. I, worked, I left to go work at Campton Place. I was at Campton Place um, for about a year before I left with Laurent to op- uh, to retake over Aqua. Yeah. And Aqua, that was in 2003. We um, we basically um, ran it from 2003 to... I, I left in 2007 to, to come down here to the Plume Tours. But Aqua, Aqua was, was the, the spot. I mean... It was the place to go. It, you know, it was it was funny for me. It was the most New York restaurant. It was the most New York style restaurant in the whole Bay Area. So yeah. to come from big New York City restaurants like Gotham Bar and Grill, Gramercy Tavern, it was a nice progression to go to 
aqua because it was the most similar to what I was used to. I knew how to handle aqua. I was I was well versed by that point in my career to be able to to handle aqua. And um, as a result, we uh, we landed up getting two Michelin stars in the inaugural Bay Area uh, Michelin guy. Not so bad. Yeah, not so bad. Not yeah. so bad. And you knew how to handle one of the great French chefs, Laurent Manrique. Yes, Laurent. <laughs> we chef. Yeah, five. Yeah, five years of working with Laurent, and I still never understood a word. <laughs> he listens to this podcast, you know, yeah. Laurent. Yeah. Bonjour, chef. Oui. Uh, so, Plume Toss, a decade ago, this opportunity for you to really make your mark down here, down south, Saratoga, and boy, have you, Peter. Uh, so impressive what a run and you're just warming up right yeah just getting you know just <laughs> continuing to do new things uh, we've been uh, you know like I've said we've been making uh, our own wine we've been baking our own breads we've trying to expand our bread program uh, as of recently I've started to uh, manufacture caviar or not manufacture yeah, uh, yeah manufacture caviar with um, Deborah Keen at California Caviar Company she's been fantastic uh, partner in that and uh, so we've been doing uh, Plume Horse Reserve Caviar. Which um, is on the menu, and joyfully, you've had the opportunity to actually go where it is farmed uh, and to actually live uh, and walk through the process. Yeah, it's uh, you get you, you you know you get right in there with the fish and and you uh, select and pick out what what you want and season it with the the amount of salt that you want. I mean, you have all the all the information, and then you just basically uh, use your chef skills and. Um, it's really a, it's an interesting process. It's a it's a great hands-on process, and I like to be a hands-on chef, so it's fun for me. Well, and there you have it. Key words: hands-on. It's not just your name slapped on a, a tin. I mean, no. this is something that your hands have been on. Your yeah, footprint. No. Custom, custom. Um, you know, uh, I go through the actual selection process. Yeah. I go through the selecting the fish based on the the biopsies of the of the eggs, and then uh, we season it with the percentage of salt that we desire. And I mean, it's very hands on for yeah. sure. Uh, a little uh, trip down memory lane. First day, first week, plumed horse. It opens a decade ago. Uh, what were you imagining this restaurant would be? What were your hopes for it? Uh, and what has transpired? Um, to say that my hopes hadn't um, already been achieved uh, would be a would be um, to not be true. We've we've been very successful. We've had our our uh, our uh, a Michelin one star, and I'm very proud of that. And the team that I've built right now is just uh, one of the best teams I've ever had. Um, the restaurant has basically helped me fulfill all my uh, all my goals and fantasies for this restaurant. I mean. I couldn't really, I couldn't ask for a better place. I mean, it's just a, it's, you know, it's a, it's a very large restaurant. I mean, maybe a little bit smaller, but yeah. Um, the day the call comes from Michelin, the one star. Take me to that moment. Oh, yeah, I got to share, I got to share that experience with uh, a lot of my chef friends. And I, I, I got to, uh, to celebrate it at Aqua when it was still at 252 California Street. And, with Laurent and you know, with uh, a lot of the people that helped me um, help me achieve. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of I got to celebrate with a lot of the people that helped me achieve the goal. So it was great. It was a fantastic experience to be able to uh, to get that call and and to uh, and to, to celebrate in San Francisco. Yeah. But yeah, my staff was extremely proud. And getting that same call, getting that same call here, uh, the pride had to go a little deeper because this is your restaurant. 
this is your mark this is your footprint yeah uh, you know every year that i get the call i don't ever uh take it for granted i'm all i'm very excited to uh to get that call and um you know i i look forward to getting that call this year (laughs) (laughs) which which begs the question peter you know um to get the stars one thing to maintain it is another uh what takes you to two stars um what takes you to two stars is uh I, I would say probably the commitment and the uh, the, the, the desire and and um, and the hard work and you know one day hopefully we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll achieve that um, you know uh, in the eyes of Michelin um, the two star restaurant is um, you know something that I sh- I strive for you know. Um, you're making pa- people happy through food on a nightly basis here. Uh, what comes with your great food uh, is a killer wine list, uh, a seller like none other. Um, the wine, a crucial part of the story here, right? Yeah, we have a, a Wine Spectator Grand Award, and uh, we've been uh, we've been uh, we've been very fortunate. It's uh, almost service time. The, kit, the, uh, the bar's getting full here. A lot of noise in the kitchen. Service is just an hour and a half away, 90 minutes. Uh, talk me through where we are in the day here right now around 4 o'clock. Uh, what happens between now and when those doors open at 5.30? Uh, everybody is doing their side work. Uh, 4.30, the whole staff will sit down and have a little family meal and uh, do a quick pre-shift meeting. Everybody will check through all the mise en place, and we will... Uh, we will open the doors yeah. at 5.31. Diners are coming. Josh is here filling up his iced tea with some, uh, with some ice, making a heck of a lot of noise. Unbelievable. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's getting loud here. <laughs> We're just giving you some love, Josh. It's all good. So um, outside the kitchen, Peter, I know your big love, your passion is your lovely wife, Sammy. Of course, yeah. Sammy, first and foremost, 365 days a year. Well done. There you go. You're good for another. You're good for another twenty years now. Um, you love to travel. I know you get inspired when you embark on travels. Uh, most recently, Greece. Yes, Greece, Mykonos, and and uh, Tinos. Yep. It's definitely, it's definitely service almost here. So Greece, coming back from Greece and your travels. Um, we could go to the chef's table too if you want to try it. Yeah, come on, we're gonna we'll go for a little wander. We're still rolling here. Because we do not edit our podcast. The whole thing rolls. Grab your wine, though, chef. Got to... So we're going, uh, we're going to take a little wander here. By the way, f- for those uh, who've never been down here to the restaurant, uh, Plume Toss in Saratoga, uh, I mean, gosh. By the way, got to give a little love to Wally, the, uh, the man who uh, worked on the design, right? Pretty, uh, he did a rather grand, grand job. Walid knows what he's doing, doesn't he? We're sitting in, yeah, Walid is fantastic. We're sitting in the one room in the restaurant that is the closest to what the plume tourists look like throughout, from the time it was uh, a restaurant prior to sure. our partners to, came in and Walid came in. And um, this is the last vestige of what basically the plume tourists used to look at with the mahogany paneling and the, um, and the, in um, the, the low ceiling sure. and it's very quaint very warm and it has these two beautiful um, stained glass windows that illuminate the room in the daytime you walk into this room it's a little bit like stepping back in time isn't it 
Yeah, this is. This is like uh, this actually, although I, I, I love every angle of the restaurant. I love the way that it, it looks. It's an it's a absolutely gorgeous restaurant. This is probably one of my favorite rooms because I, th- I think of this room as being very, very intimate, very, yeah. uh, very, very, very beautiful. And it's quiet. And it's quiet, too. It's quiet. No, no staff <laughs> screaming on the top of their lungs. Uh, on the home stretch here, Chef, I've got to mention, you know, my favorite table of the house in the house has to be that table for two, uh, that little nook. The stained glass window in the background is that the most prized table? Uh, no, I, I, you know, um, although that is a very, a, a very popular table because it is, um, it is really just for two people. Sure, um, I think the chef's table is is the most requested because you have that whole fishbowl aspect of, you have the the full view of the chefs um, cooking and 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 doing all of their work and and. Uh, without the heat, the noise, sure, it, you can close it off. You yeah. can have the air conditioning on. You can have the, the music piped in, and and it's like being in the kitchen without all the the noise and heat, and you know. And watching all the theater and drama of the kitchen unfold before you. Oh, and depending on the <laughs> night, there can be plenty of drama. <laughs> Thank God the soundproofing there. You can't hear. Uh, you can't hear uh, the fun language. Oh, those days. Those days have long. They're changed. gone, right? Yeah, they, they have changed. I'm almost fifty. We're we're mellow now. We're cool. Yeah. We're no screaming, no yelling. For sure. Uh, let there be light. Uh, okay, chef, tasting menu. Folks who come here and they come for the full experience. Uh, talk me through the tasting menu. What will people experience? You know, um, our tasting menu is based around um, my favorite ingredients. So they'll be inspired by what is, um, you know, uh, available to us uh, depending on the time of the year. Um, They will be available. um, You you know, I don't necessarily just go with local products. I I do like to... uh, I like to dabble in the world market as far as things that, you know, you can get... um, but I mean, our, our tasting menu is always going to be a good reflection of of some of my experiences, whether it be travel or um, just you know the thirty some odd years of cooking. Um, some dishes are are something that's written down in my in my notebook or on my phone, where I've been working on it for years before it finally finds its way onto the menu. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, I constantly keep a running tab of of ideas that are things that I want to put on the menu. So I think the, the, the tasting menu in itself is a, uh, is a, uh, a final draft of, of things that I've been working on sure. for, for a long time. Uh, you mentioned just recently you went to Greece, and I know that uh, after that trip to Greece you came back and you put a, a dish with legs on the menu. Yeah, octopus and cuttlefish. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why, why just have one set of legs? Let's have two sets. So we have the octopus and the cuttlefish on there, and it's it's with a uh, a sauce made from our sourdough bread with a little bit of garlic and, and yogurt and lemon juice and olive oil, mm. and we grill it over. Um, we have these coconut shell briquettes, which are really, um, they give a great flavor. Yeah. They have a really high uh, burn point, and uh, when you char the octopus over the grills, um, it's different for me than, you know, I, when when I was in Greece, I, I, I eat octopus five times a day yeah. in two or three different restaurants. But, but all I did was eat octopus and grilled fish and drink great white wine. But I came away with a technique that is uh, is what I've been doing 
um, and it's 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 because of that trip. So it you know the the trips inspire me. That's why I'm you know I'm going to make sure I take plenty sure. more trips. Yeah, well, you know, as a write off, you were doing some work yeah, research, yeah. Uh, chef. Another exciting thing happening uh, as part of your service here. There's an opportunity for people to have a not just a happy ending at the end of the meal, but a sweet ending with some delicious chocolates, plumed horse chocolates by. Uh, Angelica is um, is the, uh, the 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 pastry chef partner of uh, Plume Horse Chocolaterie, and she does uh, truffles that are just uh, exquisite. She's just been doing beautiful truffles, and uh, and that will soon be available to the public. Right now, it's just for us, just for our restaurant. Yeah. But um, I just I just had a little sample of some of the chocolates. Some of the she said they were defected, but they tasted perfectly to me. Yeah, she's got very, uh, very keen eye. Slightest defect, and they go into the, uh, the lunch bin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's where you'll find me anytime I'm down here. Uh, listen, as we wrap up, you very kindly have agreed to share a recipe with us. Uh, this dish is it's on the menu. Uh, talk us through it. Uh, so something I created back when I was in Aqua, um, it's something that I've been doing um, here at the restaurant for the last 10 years. I, I took it off the menu once, and there was uh, there was panic in the streets. So uh, <laughs> There were riots. There were riots. I heard about this, yeah. Yeah, so we've, um, we've been doing a Parmesan and black pepper souffle with a Dungeness crab and sea urchin fondue, and uh, it's probably a dish that's synonymous with the restaurant it's been photographed and instagrammed and um on our on our yelps and open table yeah. it's it's probably something that's very identifiable with us so i think it's a nice it's it's an ambitious project uh for the home cook yeah. but it's uh, good good luck with that everyone send me your pictures when you when you're done with the dish yeah yeah <laughs> i mean some of them are gonna look like pancakes and yeah. some of them are not but uh yeah it's no matter how you no matter how, how it turns out it's uh, mm-hmm. It's a delicious, uh, delicious dish as well. If not one of the highest calorie dishes I've ever conceived. Who's counting calories, uh, Chef? As I leave you, I always love to know what you like to do outside the kitchen. Obviously, precious time with your wife Sammy, uh, travel, uh, and also you're a bit of a potter. Yeah, I actually had this fantasy about being able to make all the pottery that we, you know, that well, not all of the pottery, but, um, you know, I, I love the look of pottery, yeah. and uh, I thought it would be something that I'd be able to take on, and if not... How's that going? Uh, I'm, I have about 50 pieces of pottery that yeah. I've made in circulation um, here in the restaurant. Um, my, my studio is the... Um, uh, Blossom Hill Crafts and sure. Los Gatos. And, uh, How great is that? I mean, that's got to be in some way, every, everyone has a passion that is in some way therapeutic. So is that some kind of therapy for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's either that or I let my wife drag me to yoga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pottery or yoga? Yeah. No, I don't know. Are you, are you, you a bendy guy? Are you, you pretty bendy? No, you don't get hurt during, <laughs> you don't get hurt during pottery. Nobody gets hurt. Uh, yoga, um, she's got me doing that, you know. <laughs> Get on yeah. you, Sammy. Yeah, so we like uh, we like the pottery. It's nice. It's, you have to relax to do pottery. You know, I have to tell you, I, I did yoga once in Hawaii. At the end of the yoga session, yoga teacher said, close your eyes, a little bit of meditation, open your eyes, open my eyes, three big whales out of the water. Yeah. So, okay, I did go to yoga a second time, a little studio in Noe Valley, San Francisco, did the meditation at the end, woke up. No whales. No I, I really yeah. felt cheated. So uh, that was the last time I did yoga. And also, I'm not very bendy. Yeah. Bendy's, I'm just not. Bendy's rough. Yeah, it's it is. rough. Uh, chef, always a treat hanging out with you, my friend. Always great to see you. Uh, 
I've said this before, the chefs in our community, in our backyard here in the Bay Area, are always the first to step up and show up uh, for those in need, um, and you name it. I know you have a number of pet organizations, but you're there. Uh, on the line with uh, your brothers and sisters from the chef community, and you have a few nonprofits that are especially important to you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, up, coming up soon is the uh, uh, Tibetan Aid Project, which is the uh, Friday before Thanksgiving every year. I think it's yep. the 18th. The eight, I think it's uh, it's about the 18th this year. Yeah, yeah it's a Friday before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a great organization. Um, it's something I've been involved with for the last 17 years. And uh, I just, you know, I, I can't. That that's held at the Four Seasons in San Francisco, and then, of course, um, you know, share our strength and Meals on Wheels, and yeah. there's just a, a bunch of great organizations, and I love yeah. to get involved with them. La Cochina with the um, Tracy Tracy Desjardins, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, listen, keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, I'm excited for another ten years here at Plumed Horse in Saratoga. Uh, can't wait for the chocolatier to open up across the street and they'll be stopping by there to see what's in the leftover bin fantastic yeah <laughs> we'll get that and listen from one Irish brother to another slancha chef cheers, cheers my friend here we go mm. oh my god as good if not better as good as it ever was right there the plumed horse uh was that the Fumé Blanc? Uh, the Plume Blanc Plume Blanc there we go uh, more on chef Peter Amolino's story that recipe you'll find it all at cbssf.com and click on foodie chap this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.